0: Hey everyone, my name is Chad Van Handel. I'm the Chief Lending Officer at Unison Credit Union. We've got another exciting episode for you of the Utah Talk podcast, Real Estate Edition today. Joining me in the studio is Brian Davis. Brian is a super exciting entrepreneurial guy that's, that's gonna give you some real good nuggets today about real estate investing. He started his career in 2006 and uh, it really has been in the long haul. He's had some really good uh, successes and he's had some failures that he's gonna talk about as well on the way. But, uh, but again, he's been someone who's lived through a lot of things and with that, we'll welcome Brian Davis to the podcast. We've got a great story, so we're excited to dig in. Uh, I think the first thing is, is let's just talk about, you know, when did the real estate bug hit you and, and how did you get started in real estate?
1: So for me, the the first inkling of it was my, my dad was always in real estate and then we partnered on a... Um, or, well, I was told that we were partnering on a condo in St. Louis that we bought together, but really he handled everything from start to finish. And at the end of it all, I got a check, which was helpful, but at the same time, I didn't learn anything. And I was like, man, I really want to learn the ins and outs of buying and selling real estate. So I over time, I figured if you want to do that, you got to just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So then I started getting hooked on the bug and I uh, started staying up late watching infomercials. And and one of them was the, you know, the one, the famous Carlton sheets with uh, buy, buy houses, no money down. And I ran into somebody at a party that had enrolled in the course and she had good things to say about it. So I finally pulled the trigger and bought that course. And then I even went the next step and signed up for coaching. And that was the thing that finally got me off the ledge to go look at properties. Cause really the coaching consisted of, so you want to be a real estate investor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, you got to go look at houses. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, that's a good point. So that's what got me out of the house. I'm starting to look at houses. And luckily, one of the, well, the first house I ran into, the agent that was showing me that house ended up becoming my mentor in real estate. Chuck is his name and was super influential in helping me not make a million mistakes and, uh, and really provided a, a unique thought process approaching real estate. So I'm thankful that Chuck came into my life and uh, molded my my, my future. Real so,
0: so what was the timing from the, the St. Louis real estate introduction to to when you, you actually purchased your first property? There? Yeah,
1: the, the St. Louis transaction with my dad was a, a condo we bought, I think it was in 2002 and we, we got rid of it in 2004, I believe, okay. something like that. So I got a check for like 10000 and that was enough okay. to help me buy uh, the house that my wife and I moved into when I moved to this area from Chicago originally and then... Um, yeah, so then I just I learned a lot a lot about real estate from buying that first house sure. that we lived in, of course, and then, you know, just kept wanting to grow and grow. And I had a day job, and I was, you know, as most people that get into real estate are kind of getting frustrated <laughs> with having a day job and wanting to do something else. So that was that was the push was to figure out a way to get income without my time being sure. impacted. So,
0: and, and I think it's important to just kind of reset the time of, of two thousand and six and and what it was like in that area because. Uh, it, it was it was a, a number of years ago but i think you're starting to get this boom that that maybe some some younger investors maybe don't understand what was going on and and so maybe talk about what the, what the time was like and, and yeah real
1: so when i started there were there were cracks in the in the armor of real estate even in 06 before 08 was you know widely known as the the time when everything kind of fell apart in real estate at that for that bubble at least but um in 06 there were there were problems right like there was plenty of foreclosures and that's generally what i was buying foreclosures or somebody was sick and going into a nursing home or dealing with you know grandma's house or something like that so so the houses i bought were still pretty distressed but they were nothing like they would have mm-hmm. cost me in 08 so i definitely paid more in 06 than they were sure. worth in 08 all the way through probably 2012 before i sort of came out even in terms of equity. But uh, in 2006, uh, it was real easy to get a loan and, and everyone could get a loan. <laughs> so it was, there was some competition for houses because everybody could be an investor. And I think I think the problem is there people got excited mm-hmm. and got way over leveraged, sure. um, way over leveraged. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I was on my way to doing. Had had I started in 2004, I bet I would have gotten to the point that I got myself in a lot of trouble. Sure. Um, So I think a good piece of advice that I would, that I, people ask me all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to invest in real estate, so I have my kind of standard things I go through. And one of those is calibrate your expectations. And if you can buy one property a year, that's probably a good cadence. And anything beyond that is not, you're not ready for that for a while. So go for one a year, get it to four or five, and then you can figure out if this is the right life for you and scale up or... Uh, plan on owning those five for another five years and then get out, but don't you know? Don't get out before then. <laughs> so it's a so, it's a get rich slow program. Yeah.
0: So so that first property, what was it? It was a fixer upper or was it foreclosure? What, what what kind of? Or was that was that your home or? or what was, no. No?
1: Well, the the first one I I bought was a home from my wife and I, okay. which I still own and mm-hmm. now as a rental. Um, but the my first investment property was uh, over on the west side of Appleton. It's okay. near Stux Pizza, and I still own it. Uh, and that's the one I just converted okay. over to Airbnb. So oh, okay. it's life was, it was in rough shape. Uh, it was a foreclosure and yeah, I learned, yeah, it was it was rough shape. <laughs> Take
0: me through the, maybe the numbers process. How did you decide, you know, how much am I going to put into this or how much do I need to put into this for this to be yeah. inhabitable by a, by a renter?
1: Well, at that time, um, Chuck, the person who was kind of mentoring me, there was a lot of creative financing in his in his methodology and just in general in Mm -hmm. the market at that time so so the plan was to rent it if you had to Mm -hmm. but try to uh, get it on a second mortgage for someone out someone to buy it from you on a second mortgage Mm -hmm. so there would be a premium for me if they bought if i was taking the risk of a second mortgage or to do a lease with option to purchase those were wildly popular then so generally speaking I didn't do a ton to the properties mm-hmm. and then I would advertise lease with option to purchase uh for really not much stake and people would jump on it they would absolutely take it but what I found over time is they they just they're not equipped right to to own a house mm-hmm. in any way shape or form there's just no way around it so it it was uh there was a lot of damage to the houses and, you know, a lot of crushed dreams <laughs> of the people that thought they were going to own a house someday. And they certainly could have. There was nothing nefarious mm. on my end. I'm more than happy to live up to that that expectation that mm. I set. And time and time and time and time and time and time and time, <laughs> time again, they would fail. And I would be left cleaning up the pieces, sure. which is, is fine. That's part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not, um, yeah, just never... So I got a little disillusioned with that over time and then I finally quit doing it and we just like, let's just rent these houses Mm -hmm. and let's get them fixed up to the point where they're not awful and let's start doing the basics like background checks and credit checks and doing those things. So when I got to the point of having a property manager, that was an inflection point in the business where the reason I got a property manager is because I being a landlord was affecting my outlook on huma- humanity right. in general. Mm-hmm. So I had to do something about that. <laughs> and I wasn't as detail-oriented as you need to be to manage your own properties. And I was just getting to the point where I had too many to to do, for me at least, to do on my own. So that's why I got a property manager. Um, and then we started doing all those things that you're supposed to do as a, as a good landlord. And it took a lot of money to get it turned around, but then now it's been going fine. Sure. But I guess that'd be my advice: is start that way. Don't right. don't start with you know, because pe- like a classic story is people would move in and the the paint would be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> almost up to the ceiling, yeah, right? but, not, but not quite. It would only be as high as they, the previous person could reach. And then the new tenant would say like, well, are you going to paint the walls? And I said, well, I would think about it, but if you want to paint it, you can paint it whatever yeah. color you want. And they'd get super excited about that. So then they would paint it and they would do the same thing with their roller, except it'd be a different color. And then I would tell the next person, well, you can paint it. So uh, so it was cheaper for me, yeah. short-term, but long-term. It, you know, of course it beat up the properties pretty good. So,
0: Were, were you excited about, the prospect of, of swinging the hammer and changing the toilets and, and doing some of that work, or were or you more? I want to own the properties and I'll get some contractors in to do that.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely not a hammer swinging <laughs> type of guy. That's not my skill set. So, um, well, I'm good at the marketing end of things mm-hmm. and talking to folks and, uh, sort of s- selling creative financing mm-hmm. to the folks that would come in and, um, and you know not even selling like it, again legitimately they could get all these things if they would follow the program but they, you know it just wouldn't do it so um yeah it was i, I had to hire people to come mm-hmm. in and do stuff and then that that reduces your ability That's to right. keep, keep up with the properties as well because it's just so expensive to do so there's a number of years where i didn't make any money and well lost a lot of money on real mm-hmm. estate in terms of my tax returns which is a whole nother conversation but um over time, again, real estate's get rich, slow program, over time, hold the property and you'll solve almost all the problems in real right. estate.
0: <laughs> so, so that the contractor that you've worked with maybe in 06 and 07, is that person still part of your team or have you gone through a couple different contractors?
1: Uh, well, I had, when I was managing the properties, I had somebody named Jeremy and he did a lot of the handyman stuff and, and did a great job. And then when I handed off management to, to my property manager, they have their own group of folks. Sure. So Jeremy and I lost touch. Um, now lately I'm doing some more rehab stuff to convert some units over to Airbnb. And I've gotten, I had one contractor and then he wasn't available for the next one. So I had to find another one. So I'm kind of bounced around a few times and, uh, but that's okay. I think I'm almost done with having contractors in my life, which <laughs> will be nice. Uh, and, and then we'll take a deep breath and see, yeah. see how the Airbnb slash long-term rental business goes. So
0: let's go back to the, the 0708 time frame because I think, although it's not the same right now, we are starting to see people flood into real estate and want to do real estate. Just talk about how you ramped up, how you went through and, and you know, when you put on the brakes or, or how, how you were able to put on the brakes and, and get through that.
1: Yeah, I so I got excited. You know, I'm a, I'm a hustle, go do stuff. <laughs> like why wait, let's just get moving kind of guy. And um, and then you get smacked with something like 08 and, and that really slows you down. And thank goodness it did. You know, so we, we were talking before the show and, if I would have started a few years earlier, I would have gotten myself into trouble. But I started at 06. I only had two years to get myself into mm-hmm. trouble. And then I re- it just occurred to me through some various meetings and talking to other people that that's probably enough real estate for now. Mm-hmm. Things aren't looking good. Reading the tea leaves made sense. You know, this is this is going to head the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. There was a house in my neighborhood that got sold to someone who I don't think I would have even rented to this person. Okay. And I'm pretty flexible on renting <laughs> at that time. And this person owns a house? I'm like, this is that's mind boggling yeah. so um there were some obvious problems in the real estate market then, so this what i'm seeing now is people flooding in real estate, which is true, and I'm seeing prices go go really, really high, mm-hmm. but i'm not seeing i'm not seeing some of the huge problems mm-hmm. s- systemic problems that we had last time, so what I mean by that is you know, we, we might have some foreclosures coming up, mm-hmm. we might have a distressed job market and those types of things, but these are people that are still fundamentally good people. Mm-hmm. They qualified for a mortgage at one point because they're fundamentally a good person right. and have earning capability. And that was not the case in 2008 where we're giving loans to people that had no capacity the, to- The ha- ninja, the ninja loans, the yeah. no income, no, no jobs. no income, yep. no job, mm-hmm. right. That's, just the words mm-hmm. are enough to say that's mm-hmm. a bad idea. <laughs> so, yep, yep. so we're not seeing that. I, so. You know, my friends and I were talking about where the housing market is headed, and um, I I think we're in a good place. But anyway, sorry to dance around on your question, but where I started was I got that confidence from that St. Louis property. Mm -hmm. I I got the confidence from buying my own house, Mm -hmm. and it was just chipping away at this confidence issue. And I think that's where, when I talk to new investors that want to jump into real estate, one, slow down. Mm -hmm. Don't try to buy a million properties right off the bat. Don't try to replace your entire income in one shot. Bankers are not going to like that. Mm -hmm. You're not going to like that over time. You can do all the spreadsheets you want, and I guarantee you it's not going to work out Mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's it's just not. So (laughs) everything makes sense on paper, but then the thing that people forget about spreadsheets is there's humans behind that Mm -hmm. behavior. So when when you calculate that person paying rent and you calculate an 8% vacancy rate and whatever percent for maintenance and repairs— Throw it out the. I mean, don't throw it out the window. You should do all that work, but at the same time, like you got to know that that's probably not going to work out. Mm -hmm. So, like in my later entrepreneurial ventures, I have like right now I'm selling socks. Mm -hmm. So I come up with what are my costs? What does it cost me to produce a pair of socks? Ship a pair of socks? All that stuff. But then I always throw in, and everything I do now has a Brian screws up tax. (laughs) So I always calculate a certain percentage that who knows, right? Who knows what's going to happen? So everything that I mess with now has a Brian screws up tax. And I don't think I screw up that much, but everything. I...
0: <laughs> but, but it's a good point because people should go back, though, to what they thought it was going to look like and then yeah. why didn't. And then let's let's make sure we're not making that same right. mistake or that same error the next time. Yeah. I and mean, I, I don't think a lot of people go back and really determine that. I think they take the numbers and just kind of move, move yeah. on from there. Too. Yeah.
1: And the number. Yeah. If your model is flawed. You, you have some issues there. So, I, so So,
0: are you a person that likes to pour over the, do you pour over the numbers, the spreadsheets? Um, how, how often, I know you've moved to a property manager and you get some pretty good reporting, I think, from them. But how close of an eye do you keep on it these days?
1: Uh, financials? I wouldn't say terribly close because I got involved with so many other things. It's hard to just mm-hmm. pin down every mm-hmm. single number. And I feel like I'm. Um, my personality type is growth, not perfection. Yep. So I'd rather outsell or outgrow a an issue than try to... I, you can't save your way to prosperity, mm-hmm. basically, right? So if I'm going through every expense I have and beating up my insurance agent and beating up my property manager and beating up the telecom companies, like how much time am I spending trying to save 50 cents or a dollar here or $10 here or even $100 yep. a month or whatever else when I could be taking that same effort and applying it to a different business or i'd rather grow than mm-hmm. than manage
0: that makes sense. yep so a so majority of the holdings that you have did did you buy them in the 07 08 09 time period yeah. how, how many houses do you have or how many units right now
1: so in uh well uh, 11 that i'm working with now in one way shape or form mm-hmm. and uh yeah they were oh all 06 08 and then recently i bought one mm-hmm. just very recently yeah. and that was kind of a weird situation but i was happy to buy it and I'm still happy to buy it so um yeah. So you've had
0: a lot, a lot of them back, dating back to, well, 2010, 2011 um, timeframe, basically. Yeah. I sold a few
1: on, on land contractors. Mm-hmm. So I still, I guess I'm the bank oh, in sure. that situation, mm-hmm. but I, you know, we'll see how those. So, so those and, uh,
0: properties that you've had, some of the early ones, have, have you had to do roofs? Have you had to do furnaces? What, what about, you know, do you have concerns about some of those big expenses coming up at some point?
1: Yeah, I, and I think that's where you pay the piper mm-hmm. on some of that those maintenance mistakes I, I made earlier in the process. Uh, I haven't had a ton of those, to be honest with you, you know, so like a roof or furnace. I mean, I've certainly replaced one or two or three, but not... Not enough to say like I have the worst luck ever. <laughs> you know, right. like mm-hmm. it's been pretty good. And houses generally, like, if you think about your own house, it doesn't need a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, staying on top of those things, you can make a, a, a couple hundred dollar problem into a couple thousand dollar problem sure. real quick by not paying attention to it. So I drive around and look at them from the outside quite a bit, and um, just keep an eye on the tenants that are. Even mm-hmm. though I have no idea who they are because my property manager works it yep. out, which is great. Yep. Um, but I still like to personally keep some idea what's mm-hmm. happening. So you know compare that with the stock market and you have no idea what's happening <laughs> right. so I, that's why I like real estate um your last guest uh, is a great listen if you're out there listen go go find episode 1 <laughs> he's he's got a lot of great insight but um yeah I just like to I like the income that real estate mm-hmm. produces and that's where you don't really get from stocks and investing yep. you don't get income you d- you get appreciation you get gain you get those things but they don't take that at the grocery store. Right. So I like cash flow because they take that at the grocery store. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit about, so you've got a property manager now. How many did you go through um, t- before you got to this one that you so, were looking uh, that's
1: That was a great question. Mm-hmm. So finding that partner is really critical. The first property manager I hired, she was really good at spending my money because she wanted to get my properties to a point that she would be (laughs) proud of owning them, which I totally understand. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like that's not the properties that I bought. That wasn't the strategy that I employed. My, my properties are a little bit rougher uh, and you're going to get a little bit of a rougher tenant and they're going to be rougher on the property. So you have to plan ahead for that and charge for it or maintain it or whatever you're going to do to, to, to work around that issue. Um, So, Eventually, we parted ways because she was just spending way too much money trying to make these houses into something they aren't. Mm-hmm. Then they're never going to be. So now that, but she was really good at reporting and really good at providing numbers, but not so great at making do. Right. And the the gentleman I have now is really good at making do and you know buying a used appliance instead of a brand new appliance, and he's he's careful with my money, which I really appreciate. Maybe not as as classically perfect Mm -hmm. at providing me reports Mm -hmm. and all the numbers I'm looking for. But I have an accountant as well that I work with that kind of comes over the top of all that and manages that relationship to make sure. It's kind of a series of checks and balances to make sure no one's embezzling or doing something nefarious. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's always a thought on my mind is like, whoa, they have access to this bank account and I I have access to this bank account. How can we make sure that all this is going to be copacetic and Mm So that's kind of the strategy that I watch it to some extent. I have an accountant come over the top and watch everything, and then they provide their numbers. So all between all three of us, we'll catch any weird.
0: Yeah, that's, good. that's a good point. The trust that you build with that person, because you are giving them access to your bank account, and they're really responsible for a, a big chunk of your right. net worth or yeah. in your portfolio holdings.
1: So. Yeah, and the liability issues, mm-hmm. too. You know, if they don't maintain something, that lawsuit would certainly involved sure. me because it's my LLC on the property and things mm-hmm. like that. But I've never had that happen mm-hmm. for the record. So
0: let's, let's, let's touch on liability. Um, how did, how did you buy those first properties? Did you, did you buy them in your, in your name or an LLC and, and how has that evolved over the years?
1: Yeah, I got an LLC figured out right away. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's really no excuse not to do that. Um, they're so easy to do mm-hmm. and they're very cheap to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You can do it online through the state right. all by yourself, you don't even need an attorney. An attorney might be a good, certainly if you have any sort of partner involved in your business, you should absolutely 100% get an attorney involved in your LLC setup. But if it's just you, it's pretty straightforward, and it, it provides even if it provides one little speed speed bump yep. to somebody attacking your personal income and your personal net worth, then it's absolutely worth 130 dollars to file it, right. and then 75 dollars a year, 35. I don't even know what it is, but <laughs> not much. So. Um, yeah, so I bought all mine in LLCs. I have one LLC that owns the majority of them. Another LLC is going to end up owning a few of them here in the next year for the Airbnb side. And I have a couple other LLCs that I own to do all the e-commerce stuff that I do in my sure. life. So, yeah.
0: And, I, and what is that? I'm sure there's people thinking, what does that do to my financing the properties? And, and does that lead to more of a tricky financial situation, trying to get those financed? How has been your experience?
1: I've, I've never really had an issue. So mm-hmm. I have a good credit score. Mm-hmm. I have some cash in the bank. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean...
0: Check check. Yep, <laughs> those are
1: important. <laughs> so I, I don't think I had to get too crazy on the the, the financial end of things. And back in 06, I didn't. I still didn't have to provide really any money down. Mm-hmm. I just had to show that I had the capability, yep. which which I did. So so that was sufficient. I didn't actually have to put the money in. I think that's changed now, where you'd you'd be looking for more of that commitment, mm-hmm. which is good for the overall market, I think, and to keep investors right. out that really shouldn't be owning a house. Mm-hmm. So if you if you find that frustrating. There's a the reason that it's there and you should, you know, come up with a way to get right. by hook or by crook, get some money in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my pieces of advice when people ask me how to get into real estate investing. I said, well, first of all, can you put your hands on 10000 dollars in the next 24 hours? If that answer is no, mm-hmm. I don't buy a house. Right. You're not ready. Right, <laughs> you know, right. and, and usually I tell people it's even more than 10, but ten can you put a roof on in the next 70 you know, 24 to 72 hours? Can you replace a furnace in the next 24 to 72 hours? If those answers start to line up as yes, okay, then go buy a rental. Right. But till then, you you're not only risking your potential, but you're risking the tenant too because you're going to put them in a really bad spot. You're going to essentially make them homeless if something bad happens because you didn't have the financial wherewithal to survive and sure. that's it's just irresponsible. That's all. Mm-hmm. So, you you, you there's people living in these houses, right? <laughs> right. You, right. Know, you can't forget about that exactly. part. Exactly. So,
0: all right, let's let's reset a little bit. So, you you, you buy these properties in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight. Did you have a long term vision, or what is what is the long term vision for your for your real estate portfolio?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question, and I'm not sure that I did at that time. I think my time horizon back then my mindset was I'm going to own these houses for five years and then try to move each one of them along and then maybe buy some more. Mm -hmm. And and in the end that didn't happen. I still own all the original ones. And I think the reason for that is because when things slid in 08 and I'm a bit panicky about owing what a good amount more than these houses Mm -hmm. are worth at the time. Um, then I think my vision shifted to I got to hold these because I started to develop them. Well, not sort of, I absolutely developed a mindset of I will not lose money on these houses. Mm -hmm. I will not lose money on these houses. So the best way to not lose money on houses is to own them Mm -hmm. for a long time. And I would say if somebody would have offered to buy all my houses as recently as two years ago, I probably would have sold the whole thing kit Mm -hmm. and caboodle. Uh, But now I'm quite happy to have them. They don't, they don't, I don't need to sell them. They Mm -hmm. don't cost me any time or effort, really. They recently are costing me a lot of money to get some of them converted to Airbnb, but, but I'm really happy with the direction that's going. But, um, so now I think I have a vision to do more of this mix of long-term renting Mm -hmm. and Airbnb. But I mean, that's, that's a, quite a few years right, to develop right. this vision. So, <laughs> how so. has how
0: the appreciation on the properties gone over the last...
1: Uh, I'd say there were a number of years where not really much happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, was it two years ago that Appleton did a citywide reassessment? Mm-hmm. And they, they talk you through all these things about how that's not going to affect you. And, and okay, yeah. um, <laughs> it, it definitely affects things. But for me, it's all been really positive effects. Mm-hmm. So all the properties sort of overnight, since that assessment happened overnight, all those properties are worth considerably more. So should you put any stock in the assessed value of a property when you go buy a property? Mm-hmm. No, not really. It has nothing to do with the market value. But in reality, people use that as a as a point of information all the time. So, mm-hmm. it, so it does affect market. So then if everything's going to go up by whatever percentage they did, I forget, then now that's affected the reference point mm-hmm. across the board. And when you own multiple houses, all these things start to have this cumulative effect, right? So I'd say two years pretty flat for two two years. Like mm-hmm. I had doubts if I could sure. get out still, even from 06, if if I could get out of these, I'd say as recently as 2018, where I was like, I don't know if I could, <laughs> I don't know if that house would sell that much. There's a couple of things there. One, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to real estate at the time. I wasn't in the market. I was just letting my property manager everything. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what a house could sell for or would mm-hmm. sell for. So about a year and a half ago, I started getting my head back into the real estate game. And then, um, started to get a sense of where the market was heading, looking at more listings, you know, driving by, seeing less signs or more signs mm-hmm. in a particular neighborhood and, and seeing national news about the real estate market and all those types of things. So, yeah, it was, um, I I think the appreciation in the last two years has been astounding. Yep. And I, I'd say even in the last six months mm-hmm. has been unbelievable. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've, Over the summer, I sent an. uh, Somebody was asking, an investor was looking at some stuff, and I sent an offer to the real estate, or not an offer, but a real estate agent, what I would take for these houses. Mm -hmm. The person went and toured all of them, (laughs) and I thought, oh, for sure, this is going to work out. And they they ended up not making an offer at all. And now I look back at what those prices they would have had, even as recently as the summer, because the pandemic was freaking me Mm -hmm. out a little bit. I was Mm -hmm. like, maybe I'm overexposed in real estate. I'm glad they didn't buy them mm-hmm. because now I look what i what I was willing to sell them for now and what they're instantly yeah. worth, even just as little yeah. as six, eight months later, like, oh my gosh, I'm glad that didn't work out. so right. so that and that's always the feeling you have with real estate is you know people that have owned their family house forever, their their dad dies, and then the family takes over, and then they sell the house instantly mm-hmm. and and years later you ask them like, whoa, you know, did you, how long did you own that? Oh, we sold it right away. Boy, I wish we still owned yeah, that house. Right, you know, right. boy, I wish we still <laughs> owned that house. So I would hear that all the time, and I think like, whoa, I don't want to experience that. I'm just going to keep owning the house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll, I'll be the beneficiary. Yeah. <laughs> and, and part of it, too, has shifted, you know, but jumping back to your last question about where the vision is, part of it shifted after having kids, too, and my kids are mm-hmm. uh, 11 and 9 and just sort of shifting to um, oh, 12 and 9. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that'll cost me. Um, shifting to how can I put them in a position to have some generational wealth, Good. responsible mm-hmm. generational wealth that that this is available to pay for potentially pay for their college or Mm -hmm. we could sell one of the houses and pay for their first house Mm -hmm. or whatever we need to do to, to help them have some of those advantages that I had from my Mm -hmm. parents. So that's been a, a big shift for me recently. I don't necessarily need all those things to work a hundred percent for me all the Mm -hmm. time, but I don't want to sell them because you know, my wife and I were talking about Mm -hmm. selling this house we're converting Airbnb She said, well, well, you could sell. You could make all this money in one chunk. I'm like, yeah, but what do you do with it? Right. You know, I -hmm. I don't know. What do you do with it? Right, right, (laughs) exactly. I don't love the stock market again because you Mm -hmm. can't make income from it. It's been good to me, but still it's just, it doesn't produce monthly income, sure. so mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: So do you, was location, location, location important when you bought these houses, or, or was it more about, you know, this is available and yeah. well, let's get comfortable with the location?
1: No, we definitely had mm-hmm. parameters when I was buying, and that part, part of it was from my mentor Chuck. Uh, the bigger the house, the better mm-hmm. in, in his model. Um, single families are better because they give you more escape routes. Sure, uh, They're much more le- Liquid than duplexes. I do own a couple duplexes, but they're much harder to sell. Mm -hmm. And they don't get the appreciation that a single-family house would or has enjoyed in these recent markets. Um, There's drawbacks to single-family houses as well, of course. So less rent per taxes, less rent per, you know, all that stuff. Um, 100% risk if it's vacant, you know, on and on and on. So uh, three bedrooms or more if it has, and and plus, you Mm -hmm. know, everything better. more basements or more basements the more bedrooms it has the better if it has a garage that's better if it has a bigger yard that's better and then we really tried to stick to Appleton right um I love I love Appleton I love the city of Appleton I think it does all the right things Uh, somebody asked me if I would buy stuff in Green Bay the other day nope absolutely not don't like Green Bay at all love Appleton I own one in Kekana and it's 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 been fine yeah but I don't even know why about it. I Mm -hmm. just want to keep everything in Appleton. Good, good. (laughs) Yeah,
0: again, it's important. Know know your location, know the area, know around it, and uh, like I said, stick stick to what you know. Yeah. What about the tenants? How how has that been? Um, You you can talk about before you had a property manager and now that you got a property manager. I mean, have you always been able to find people? Have they stayed for for a good amount of time?
1: Yeah, I think the the roughness of the houses had Mm -hmm. some revolving door effect in the beginning, Um, but now that we start doing... Credit checks and and making sure these are responsible people, then then the turnover that my property manager has been able to bring to the business has been way better. Sure. So when I was managing it, it was it it was pretty quick. People were in and out, mm-hmm. and I was real aggressive with, and I think you should be with with late payments mm-hmm. and posting notices immediately right. and you know, I quickly got emotionally detached from whatever's going on in their life is absolutely not my problem. I did not cause you to be unemployed. I didn't cause you to get a job cut. I didn't cause you to be sick. None of that is my fault. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for you, but I'm responsible to my LLC really is kind of how I wrap my head around that is that I'm an an investor in my LLC. I manage the LLC, but the LLC is kind of its own entity and I have a responsibility to produce income for that LLC. Mm -hmm. And that you almost use that as an excuse to, right. to walk your way through that emotional mm-hmm. minefield of dealing with other people, but you just have to, yep. and it doesn't take long to learn that. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> unfortunate. I mean, because if you if you if you go too long without getting your rent and you continue to kind of believe that they're going to eventually pay you, but they don't pay you, that's right. like I said, that's, yeah. that's money that you're forgone, and and you still have things to pay for. Yeah, it. and when you own
1: enough of them, mm-hmm. it becomes very predictable. Mm-hmm. You've heard the same stories, you've gotten yep. the same excuses, and you just you do legally what you need to do Mm -hmm. to move on and it's um so you have
0: had to do some uh, eviction
1: type and yeah tons (laughs) uh, and it's not that bad you know Uh people would say like oh this eviction it's going to take them months to get up nope just look up the laws as long as there's not an eviction moratorium it's really Mm -hmm. it's really (laughs) straightforward and and most people won't fight you tooth and nail to the last minute in fact i've never had one that took me all the way to uh, removing their items. Okay. Uh, they've certainly left a lot of items, but mm-hmm. but I've never had to go and physically remove their items Good. to get them completely evicted. Good. So that process is really not a big mm-hmm. deal. I think people overdress that as being a huge problem. And sure. It's unfortunate. And it causes a lot of emotional distress in their lives, and there's a lot of socioeconomic things that, that are affected by eviction but that's not again that's not an area that i can't be responsible yep. for affordable housing or, or homeless sure. I, can't, I can't touch those things mm-hmm. i'm just responsible for an llc and i'm going to do the best thing i can to make that llc profitable so i can be a ongoing entity there's plenty of resources to be able to do those other things it's not me yep. <laughs> i'm not yep. equipped to do that so. sure
0: so so as we sit here it's about a year from when covid kind of started? How, how, how scared were you of what COVID was going to be and uh, about keeping your properties full and, and what oh, that was going to look like?
1: I was definitely, uh, that definitely got my full attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when we went to lockdown, I thought everyone's going to lose jobs. And certainly the, the, you know, tenants stereotypically have right. these jobs that you think are going to be the first to, to be affected. And, and I don't think that was the case. Mm-hmm. I think they ended up being fairly okay with right. most of their jobs. We didn't have anybody miss rent on us in this in this whole time. Right. So, but proactively I called you right yep. away and like, "Hey, uh, hey, I'm your friend." Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to get ahead of it and and figure out how we could manage through it if we did have mm-hmm. that and if right. we, you know, if we had 6 out of the 10 units not paying, that's going to start to be a real problem. Like, mm-hmm. um, how many months can I what would be my burn rate? I started doing these calculations, Good. Good. how how many months could I maintain this? How quickly could I sell these properties? Um, what do we need to do to be in a position to sell the properties, all these. So I had all, I was working on worst case scenarios for probably a month pretty extensively, uh, but none of it happened. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I think we're okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's the thing, you know, whether it's just the conservative nature of Wisconsin or being in the Midwest, you know, I don't know if the the East and West coast are going to feel some of those effects earlier and we can predict, predict the best that we can, that it's going to sweep over to yeah. us. But uh, yeah, like you said, we, we had batten down the hatches and we've been prepared with deferrals and different things like that. But for the most part, it seems like the, the that single family and duplex uh, market, those renters and uh, have been continuing to pay and, and have kind yeah. of kept their jobs. And,
1: and, and you never them. know where these silver linings are going to be, right? Like now everybody wants to move into a single family mm-hmm. house. Everybody wants more space yeah. like working from home mm-hmm. and that, all of that benefits me. Yep. Uh, even the price of new construction skyrocketing, that benefits somebody who owns a bunch of single-family homes. I mean, could I have predicted those things? No way. Mm -hmm. But am I the beneficiary of them? (laughs) Yes. But that's where, you know, like luck is putting yourself in a a position to have opportunities. Exactly. So I I just happened to get lucky on some – I don't even want to use that word – I, I happen to benefit from some of these opportunities. Yeah. So it, it's I, not luck. It's hard work meeting opportunity.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's a perfect time to, to talk about your pivot into the, the Airbnb and, and kind of that thought process and, and kind of where, where that's headed for you.
1: Yeah. So I, I just want to, when I started getting my head back more in real estate, I I just want to invo- evolve with the market, mm-hmm. right? I want to stay current with it. So um, I was lucky enough to hear somebody speaking about his experience with Airbnb in Appleton and seemed to be a really positive experience and Mm -hmm. i thought well i own a bunch of properties and maybe i'll try that with one of them and certainly the first thing that comes into anybody's mind is why would anybody visit appleton Mm -hmm. Uh, period (laughs) why would anybody visit appleton and then stay in an airbnb and i think the the list is really long i mean i've had so i've got this one property up and running and it's been a, a great experience it's it's way more fun um and the financially it's working out well uh, there's definitely more work and more operational things involved with mm-hmm. it, but I but I'm embracing that. And then, um, I I don't think I'd worry. I don't worry anymore about why people are coming to Appleton or why people why people would stay in Airbnb. Yeah. I think the overall trend line for short term rentals is going from the absolute basement yep. to I don't even think we're to the first right. floor yet, no, and agree. I think it's skyrocketing up. Mm-hmm. I know me and my family, when we go somewhere, that's now the default that Mm -hmm. we look for is to go to Airbnb first before we do a hotel. Now, if we're going one night, we'll stay in a hotel. It's a lot easier. But if you're going to be there three, four nights, Airbnb gives you that experience. It's more space. You don't have to feel crowded. You get your own parking. Depending on where you're going, right? But.
0: And just for the audience, so so again, your Airbnbs are not—they're not up north, Wisconsin. Nope. They're not on, on a lake. They're they're you know kind of d- yep. downtown-ish Appleton, close and-
1: to close to downtown mm-hmm. Appleton. And I think you know the thought process there is as close to downtown as as I can get is advantageous because mm-hmm. people are going to the PAC when we fire all that stuff back up, yep. uh, and they're going to. Um, you know visit people at lawrence or mm-hmm. whatever the case is so there's plenty of reasons to go to downtown or they're just coming for the weekend to get out of yeah. wherever they're coming from <laughs> right. to go go do something mm-hmm. um but most people are are saying my experience has been to visit friends and family in appleton mm-hmm. or ice fishing trip with one group and weddings and stuff like that sure.
0: so how, how far are you booked or, or how? how yeah you...
1: that's a good question mm-hmm. um so you it's up to you as the mm-hmm. host you can Set whatever parameters you want. So I, I think I had a six month limit for a while, and then I have removed that, I believe, because I'm I'm not going anywhere. So yep. um, so I've got bookings all the way out in October that I got like so a couple weeks ago. Somebody booked a weekend in October, and EAA is certainly covered, yep. and on and on and on. So um, this next house I'm converting right now is is I just listed it, but it, for the next three months it's going to be occupied by some girls from Lawrence that are graduating, and it's just easier. You know, they don't yep. have to convert utilities they don't sure. have to set up wi-fi they don't have to house it like you show up with a suitcase and you're moving in and if you don't like it then you go somewhere else mm-hmm. you know it's super simple so if you want to go to florida for a month great and i think the work from home thing is is only going to make right. that better mm-hmm. i mean i certainly look at it. if our kids now they're kind of back to school if they if they weren't or my wife is has been back to school for a long time if she wasn't back to school right. and the kids had more like we could go anywhere it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter as long as i have an internet connection mm-hmm. i can do what i need to do
0: Yep. so I'll yeah, it's back. going to be very interesting to see how that shift continues to play out. I do think work from home is is going to be around for a long time oh, yeah. because, again, you, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, basically.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I got a day job in there for a few years, and I worked at a digital marketing company that embraced uh, working from home. And it's really no problem, as long as you have all the tools and resources mm-hmm. to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And, and a lot of people can be far more productive at home. And the proof is in the pudding. If they're not sure. productive, you'll see it pretty sure. quick. Right. So it's okay. Right.
0: Uh, I've got a lot of things I still want to cover, and we're, we're getting short on time. But how, how about you talked about mentors a little bit? How your first mentor and how has that evolved, or have you continued to try to find mentors? Uh,
1: I don't reach out a ton anymore. I, I try to surround myself with people that have the same mindset to me mm-hmm. is more important. I don't really care what they're doing. I just care that they're an entrepreneurial brain, mm-hmm. and then I love the energy yeah. and can come up with lots of ideas. I I get approached regularly so I teach entrepreneurship at Fox Valley Tech mm-hmm. as well so people interact with me there through the class or through the free session we run and people ask me to be their mentor or ask me for advice or th- things like that I guess uh, I am okay doing those things mm-hmm. I guess I would give people advice when you reach out to a mentor try to think why they would want to talk to you sure. so offer them something mm-hmm. and like my classic examples I'd show up to somebody to ask me to go out to coffee and ask me about Kickstarter or these other things right. I do And <laughs> They wouldn't buy my coffee. And I was like, you know, I don't I don't think we're gonna be friends if you don't have like these basic social skills of that's you're weird. impeding on my time. Right, and right. Try- you know, like you don't have to compensate me, but at least buy the coffee. Right. Come on.
0: That that's one thing in this whole work from home thing that I, it's gonna be interesting to see how because again, we've been used to Zoom calls and all yeah. this stuff like that, and even going to lunches, networking lunches and things like that, when you start to calculate in the time that you're spending driving and all yeah. this stuff, I mean it's yeah. It's going to be very interesting yeah. to say the least. What about um, a very interested in asking, asking, asking you this question, how important is branding and just the overall scope of your success or or branding tips for uh, new investors?
1: Yeah. So with real estate, I I don't think I mm-hmm. put too much stock in the branding. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try billboards when I was doing lease options just for a minute, just for direct response, not, sure. for, not for brand building, just to see if people were interested and would call. And that, that didn't really work out, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think I tried it long enough to make it a thing. Um, so the real estate stuff, I don't brand myself whatsoever. Um, and the rest of my life, I yep. focus a ton on branding. Yep. So I own some e-commerce brands and an alpaca sock brand yep. and a bicycle tool brand and a couple <laughs> other things. And then i sort of converted to my own personal brand for a YouTube channel I'm running and in that sense I think it's really important I think the long term play for me like on the cycling thing is if hey, if I can get people to pay attention to me mm-hmm. in any way shape or form then I have an audience that's captive and we can do something with right. that so there's a great book called A Thousand True Fans it's phenomenal so if mm-hmm. you're ever thinking about why you would want to start a brand or why you'd want to start a YouTube channel or, or struggling with the courage to do those types of things mm-hmm. read that book and that will give you a lot more courage. And then I would also say, um, I just look at it like, well, I'm paying Facebook at like tens of thousands right. of dollars in Facebook ads over the years, and more. <laughs> a lot of Facebook ads <laughs> for my various brands. So essentially all you're doing at that point is renting eyeballs from Facebook mm-hmm. and you're paying for that. So at some point you gotta ask yourself, well, can I devote my own eyeballs? Yep. And you, I think YouTube is a wonderful platform to do that because YouTube will pay you along the way it's a lot of work, but it's a long-term play. So yeah, Uh, branding is important depending for real estate, maybe not so much, but if you're trying to do anything else, you need to be thinking about your personal brand.
0: That's great. I I think that's very good advice. What what about any myths about real estate that you want to debunk or um, that you had to kind of wrap your head around over the years?
1: So for, (laughs) mm, it's not a fast process. Mm -hmm. So I I think you, you watch the TV shows and you see people flip something and they make a pile of money. And one time, I mean, does that happen? Yes. But is that a business model? Mm -hmm. Oh man, I don't know. That's a lot of hustle to try to get those opportunities and you got to spend all that money. You know, it's just wrought with risk, fraught with risk. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I approach, I have evolved to approach real estate as much more of a a 10 year outlook. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a 10 year outlook on a piece of real estate, I don't know why you'd buy it for 10 months. Right. So, Mm Yeah, I think that's probably the number one thing I see is people wanting to jump in and jump out and jump in and jump out. And I just don't think that's a good way to approach it. I think approaching to buy one and keep it for a while is you'll you'll definitely be safer.
0: Sure. How how have you how have you approached the 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 rent amount that people are paying? Do you feel like you're in the middle of the range or how, how do you evaluate if you're, you're charging the right amount for your, your places?
1: Uh, I, well, I think Facebook marketplace mm-hmm. makes that exceedingly easy these Good. days. So uh, I think what a lot of people do is they'll they'll go through that and they'll try to go under some of those. And I think that's a mistake. So mm-hmm. go through that. You'll see properties that are nicer than yours, but don't discount yours. Mm-hmm. Yours is, yours has got its own attributes. Mm-hmm. So put your price accordingly and, and I think you'll be okay. My property manager, does the majority of that. But in reviewing that, I feel like in the last few months, it certainly seems low to me. And mm. especially after starting some Airbnb stuff, I can rent the whole house for right. quite a bit more. Um, I have more risk and, you know, it cost me a lot more money to set right. those houses up. But I think in the long run, it's going to be a better, a better play. Um, so, yeah.
0: Getting back to just making that leap. I mean, how long... Did it take you to analyze the Airbnb, move into the Airbnb?
1: Uh, The Airbnb one was interesting. It it wasn't... So there's two things that gave me confidence in in diving into Airbnb. Number one was hearing that person speak about his experience in Mm -hmm. Appleton. Number two was I have a friend in St. Louis that kind of got into it at the same time and was really quadrupled down on on Airbnb and had some pretty good success, even through the pandemic. I mean, rough time for the pandemic at first, but now they're bouncing back and doing well in St. Louis. So for me, it was like, well... I've owned the properties long enough that my risk was mitigated. So if mm-hmm. I'm going to pump in a couple 10,000 bucks to these houses to get them dressed up and looking pretty right. and, and furnish them, um, what's the worst that's going to happen? Well, I'll have a much nicer house and it'll be much easier to sell right. if it doesn't work out. And there's almost no chance that I would take that house after putting all that money into it and going back to long-term rent. Because I, I know it would just break my heart to see <laughs> it all rent. So I want to, uh, I would sell them at that sure. point. But, but now they're i I feel really confident yeah that's a good
0: wow. that's a good strategy, like you said if, if you're if you're getting comfortable with parting with that property and and you know we've had the success you've had, but like I said, you dress it up a little uh, bit and
1: I will say this a, a good starting strategy for somebody watching might be to to investigate something called um, Airbnb Arbitrage okay. so you would rent from a landlord and then you would do Airbnb over the top of that lease, okay. As long as you disclose all that to the landlord and they don't have a problem with it, it's fine. There's a lot of landlords that don't want to mess with their sure. Airbnb, don't mm-hmm. understand, and it's too techy for them, all yeah, that stuff. So, right. so I totally understand that. But there's a lot of people that don't have enough capital to go buy a, uh, mm-hmm. a rental, but they can do this for really no money other than oh, the furnishings and the and, yeah. the and the furniture. So that's actually the model that my friend in St. Louis does, and they've they've just been crushing it with very little actual money in there
0: that's 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 a great point i really appreciate bringing that up because i do think that's very interesting and definitely kind of a different angle for people that's a great way to start mm -hmm.
1: and then and then you take some of that income that you're producing and then you start saving up to get your own place because i think the long-term failure of that strategy is you don't own anything Mm -hmm. so you're not going to get that second the second best part of real estate is equity you're not going to get the second best part you're only going to get cash flow which is cool but equity is equity will change your life cash flow will buy groceries
0: yep exactly (laughs) Well, again, I think we've hit on a lot of big things um, throughout this whole podcast. Is is there anything um, at the end that you want to kind of any wisdom you want to leave for our listeners?
1: I think the biggest thing is no matter what entrepreneurial journey you're trying to embark on, think about confidence as your number one challenge. So don't think about what I'm trying to accomplish. Like I want to buy 10 properties or I want to buy 100 or whatever else. Just how am I going to get enough confidence to buy that? Not even to buy something. How am I going to get enough confidence to feel like I can go out and look at property? Sure. Once you check that box, now I've seen 10 properties. Do I have enough confidence I've, I've, or 100 properties, mm-hmm. however many you want to see? Now you're gaining confidence on that next decision yep. point to buy one. So to me, chart out what's that, what's, what are those steps to get to where you want to go and then just gain the confidence to move up those right. steps. So if I told everybody, it's biting the elephant or eating the elephant right. analogy. Um, but I bring this up in my class all the time. If I told you by next week, hey, I want you to start a business. Oh, that sounds really ambiguous right. and difficult but if i tell you hey by next week i want you to have business cards mm-hmm. a logo and uh buy a domain name okay i think anyone with access to google right. can figure all that out right. right so the difference in those two situations was i i'm providing step-by-step instruction to tell you what to do next mm-hmm. versus giving you an ambiguous goal so right. if your are ambiguous goals i want to be a, i want to survive off real estate you got to break that down sure you know and then you'll you'll knock it down every time.
0: Yeah. It so. D- doesn't cost any money to go to Zillow and just run the numbers on a property or to drive past some some right. locations and, and start to kind of visualize what that could look
1: like for yeah. you. Visualization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a whole other stuff yeah. that, that, yeah. I, that I adore. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. So so again, you know, we didn't get to touch on any of the entrepreneurial side of Brian. Brian has got a ton of things going on. So you, so you really want to find him on, on the socials. What What is the best place for people to reach you?
1: Uh, probably the easiest way is my website is com. That's R-A-C-E-S because I love bike racing. So Brian, davis races and you and on that page you'll get links to a lot of my other weird stuff that i've done so yeah
0: yeah we'll try to try to put some stuff in the show notes but uh but again try to try to find brian he's got a lot of good things going on and uh with that we're excited to again have you have you in here and uh thank you for sharing some of your knowledge with the people
1: thanks chad it was a pleasure thank you